Hello. Hi. Is that working? It is working. It is working. So you're, you're two hours nearer now. Yes. I, I, did you see that instant understanding of the guffaw? Like I, I laughed, yeah. I burst out, and I realized it was just from that complete realization of my unawareness. <laughs> so where are you then? I'm in Yorkton, Saskatchewan. And it's in the middle of Canada. It's a small town of about 10,000 surrounding about 200,000. It's, uh, but it's kind of like the third largest city. I, maybe the fourth in Saskatchewan, which is, uh, you know, one of the central provinces. It's very cold during the wintertime. And it's uh, more like farming, big farming communities around. And, uh, uh, I'm staying at a place that has bought 20 of the card sets and I'm here training them and writing the manual and figuring out how to do what I got to do. Nice. Good. Yeah, I think the last time we spoke was uh, May, my birthday maybe. Yeah, it was, it was, I, was, I was in a five by eight square foot room going insane <laughs> and now you're not well i don't know i, I might still be insane but I, I like a lot of the frustration is taken away because i'm i'm in the circumstances to continue the next stage which i've been sort of you know bumping my head against yeah. the wall because i had so much stuff in such a little space and no place to really you know to now i have lots of space to work there's a lot of space to do things with other people um, it's a very nice space. Is that, a, is that a community hub or something? Or what is it? Shared housing? Uh, it's called the Visionary Hub. And there's these two ladies, Lori Renton and Sylvia Hentheffer, that, like with you, I was doing a lot of different, different because they are actually paying for training. And so they're, they have a kind of an, uh, an educational space. And they're looking to, um, you know, they, they want to, they want to change the world, right? They, they, they want to um, really focus on helping people reach their potential and helping the teams get facilitated to higher states of, of communication and using the tools that I've developed to do so, plus their own sort of content, the stuff that they like. So there's a, it's me looking at how I would be showing up somewhere and attempting to get the you know new paradigm toolkit to sort of catalyze a space and people to get trained in them use them and then show how to you know facilitate Great. mastermind and how to use the maps and how to use the cards for divinations and you know just it's it's pretty unending i painted a synergy map on the wall so it's the first time i have the main reference point for the operating system on a wall where you can put values on, you can put concepts on, you can put, and there's three layers of information. So you can see basically, it's not just, the thing about the synergy wheel, it's just very basic information that doesn't mean much, but as you layer down, then you get to reality. And so it's the first time I've had, you know, the, the tools in the right place. And then the table in front of it. And so it's, it's, a, good, it's a very good filming studio. 
It's a great place for little workshops. It has very 20 foot ceilings. Um, and then there's a, I have living in the basement. And so I bas I'm just focused on this. I like, there's no distractions other than my own insanity. Right. How about you? Well, I've Where got are you? behind me, I've got, I'm in, this is, oh, this is La Floresta. Says there in the wall, Farmacia La Foresta. It says here La Foresta. So that's doubly confirmed. And there's a sign there saying La Foresta. Uh -huh. <laughs> and uh, my <laughs> my potential. So when, when I was a younger man, that would have been easy peasy. Uh -huh. So I'm just, I'm going to now walk up to the <laughs> up. I'm 50 this year. And uh, I know that's young compared to your good self. But hey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm here because you know, this is Guillaume lives. Uh, well, that train, two stops, other ways, where Guillaume lives, my son. And uh, I'm I've been here almost uh, yeah five weeks actually. I've been here, and I'm here for three more weeks, and then uh, I'm back to England, which is a big. A big deal because I've uh, I've not lived in England for thirteen years, oh, wow. and uh, I've got no idea what's well. I've got a vague idea what's waiting me initially, but I've uh, I have no real plan as such apart from uh, returning to uh, the place I liked best because England's it's packed with. You know, history and people and places and cities, probably overpopulated, I'd say. And uh, it's not in a good shape right now. <laughs> Britain is really imploding. So I'm going to a place that's about an hour south of London. It's called Forest Row, which is right next to East Grinstead, which is quite famous for being, depending on who you ask, there's a BBC documentary made about East Grinstead saying, why East Grinstead? That's the name of the documentary. <laughs> because East Grinstead, excuse me, there you go, done. <coughs> it's got the largest uh, Scientology mansion. It's a castle, really. So Ron Hubbard's place is there. You've got the, the Mormons, Seventh-day Saints. They've got a temple there. The Jehovah's Witnesses have a base. The second largest Steiner Waldorf school was there. The Rosicrucians have a base there. Uh, who else? There's a whole bunch of other sort of things and cults. Really, really odd. And, and so the BBC made a documentary saying, why? why here? I mean, why in this village? Literally, there's only... Maybe 7,000 people live there or 10,000 in East Grinstead. And it's got the oldest medieval street in England. So the, the buildings there, I mean, the whole place is shaped like an L. And on one side, the medieval buildings are, yeah, it's the oldest remaining buildings in, uh, in England. So I'm going there. Uh, and the Steiner, Steiner Training School is there. So Rudolf Steiner. Um, the, any tr any Waldorf teacher in the world in the 70s and 80s was trained there. 
So it's it's quite a place. And I've been there before, and I'm re- I've hired a cabin for three weeks in, the, in somebody's backyard. Airbnb is a cabin. It's like it's in their back garden, which is right next to the path that's in the forest. Uh-huh. Well, that's also it's also Forest Row is next to Ashdown Forest, where Winnie the Pooh was written. And I think the last thing is Yeats. Yeats, the poet, and Ezra Pound would live lived there. And Yeats had his honeymoon, I think, in Forest Row. So it's all very wow. There's poets, there's magicians, there's nutters, there's wealthy folk. There's a whole range of people. So I'm just going back there to this is where I liked being. And I'm going to do a, a poetry. My friend who's a poet, he's in his 80s. Uh, he and I are going to do work on a project called Coming Home. So he, he, I told him my story since I saw him. And he says, okay, so how do we do this? So we booked like six hours together in his writing day and to sit and, you know, I'd, he says, tell me what your concept is. What shall we do together? And then I'm going to do the storytelling course I did 10 years ago. Oh, wow. And I'm going to do it again. <laughs> right. Same course, 10 years later. It's a different course because they've now adapted it to meet like social change and social justice. And all. they've changed the kind of focus of it. And so the last time I did it, I was pulled into the politics of the college. And... So I spoke to Roy, who who runs runs the course, and he said, "He says, really, he said, Graham, are you are you going to be okay? You're going to not get pulled into the drama because it's still drama. There's drama, probably the same as much drama as there was the last time. Can you stay? Can you stay out of the management politics?" And I said, "Well, yeah, sure, Roy, I'll do my best." So, I'm basically it's three months residential. Oh wow! And I'm staying. I'm staying on a farm. 10 minutes away from the college so I'll be maybe in a room five by eight I don't know but I'm away from the sort of the main college itself so it's the whole thing is basically on you know what is a story what makes a story work what are the stories of the past and how we carry them and then what are the stories of now and what do you have to do internally to uh, you know tell a story well or, or connect to it so I, I'm, and I've got, after that, I've got absolutely no idea what I'm going to do. So, wow, that um, that sounds perfect. That sounds per- that just sounds delightful. Um, pure delightful. Like that's that's a. Uh... Tell me more about the storytelling course. Like, how did they break it down? What, what, what you, for three months? You're 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 immersed in it. Is there an output? Yeah. Write a book or something, or? Well, let let before I this here's a view for you. It's for videos. So that look at that view. So basically, that mountain there is called Montserrat, and this one is called La Mola. It's a tiny little thing at the top. It's a, a restaurant at the top of it. I've been up there many, that many times and this many times, and this is the whole that that. If you go up there, you get to the Pyrenees. Wow. Um, I'm just going to go to my sit spot. That's what I thought of taking it. Um, the 12 weeks, they basically follow what's called the ladder to the moon. Well, this is if they do the same thing. Um, but in Africa, they have this thing, ladder to the moon, where 
a, a tribe will tell stories from you know just after the the day of uh, harvesting or being in the fields or whatever it is until dawn. So you start off with the smallest stories, which are jokes. You know, that's a very small story. And then anecdotes from the day, you know, oh, what happened? This is this happened at 10 o'clock. And then you go into the kids' stuff. You tell stories to kids, like folk tales and animal stories. And then after you've done that, the kids have gone to bed. You might tell a few ghost stories before bed. But then after that, you go into sort of bigger stories, like the folk tales of the area, um, reminding themselves of you know, the stories they carry. And then you go into what are called wonder tales. So once you get into wonder tales are when dragons and things appear and mythical beings, that, that's when you get into the, the kind of dream time. And then you move into more myth and epic and eventually you end up with creation stories. So how do you, yeah. And it's, it's their way of reminding us the, the kind of tribe of the stories. So they, they, they go through that same process and you're taught how to stand in front of people and tell a story, basically. Um, you can bring, you know, you bring in the ancestors behind you, you invite them in, you, they have this whole ethic around, or an ethic, it's more of an approach that a story is a being, it's alive. It's a, you know, it's, it's, it's got its own energy and stories find you, you know, stories and that's your story or that fits where you're at in your life. Uh, whether it's a healing story or, you know, guidance or a vision or whatever. And then you learn to tell them and then you, you find that the, the stories will change as you get to know them. And if you tell, you don't, you never tell the same story twice. So it's a kind of a fluid approach and it's based, it's not Steiner's, Rudolf Steiner's kind of philosophy, but it is rooted in or inspired by his theories of what a human being is. So, yeah, and it's 20 people. Um, I, you know, perfect. Small group, very yeah, it's a good good size, and then you've got um, a hut uh, which holds maybe seventy people. To that's where we work every single day, Monday to Friday, weekends off. There, a lot of movement work, dancing, working with jaw. We sing, singing every week. We do poetry every week. We do stuff with our hands, which was felting to work. So if you're working with imagination a lot, you get out your body, so you can be physical. And that and that's it. And that'll take me to the end of May. I can't think of, I mean, just as you, as you say that, I, I can't think of anything that I, I think would be more enjoyable than that. That's like 20 people is the perfect number. Storytelling is the funnest thing there is. And and just to be immersed with other people who are, are doing that. Is it like, do they do it yearly? They do it every year. Um, and it was at win in winter, but now they do it. Uh, February till I'll send you the link. And I mean, it's it's called the, the the title is called Storytelling Beyond Words, and it's run by Roy Galore. And Roy was in Rwanda during the genocide as a, a medic. He was there during that. He was he was in one of the wars in Israel. I forget which one. 
you know, he's seen a lot and he's he started a project in Israel called, uh, I think it's called Healing Words, where he brings Arab and Jewish kids together to, you know, a younger age so they don't, they, they don't hate each other. They, they do theatre together. Lovely, beautiful project. And I've been there, I've been to that project in Israel. So, I mean, I'm, maybe this is something we can discuss um, now, because one of the main things I'm interested in now is, is trauma. And particularly unaddressed trauma in men. Uh, so, I'm now, I'm actually doing, doing work in it, and it's been important to me that, you know, there's probably a lot of unaddressed trauma in me. So, um, I had a lot of birth trauma, other trauma, but it's, it's the work I'm doing with my, my friend is looking at how the nervous system regulates. And so a lot of people have non-regulated nervous systems and that causes a whole lot of trouble. You know, so what, what, how do you move from a non-regulated nervous system to a regulated one when one is living inside a very dysregulated system economically you know it's all very mind driven it's all very uh we're outside of our bodies you know we're not feeling uh felt sense being with the body you know noticing things and then i'm doing a lot more of that work and it's really it's, yeah it's pretty intense yeah it's been great well is is it the i mean each of us has traumas which overload our system at the time and then if we don't heal them they're going to affect us right they're going to have some sort of um because i know i was paralyzed and I, I was just thinking as you're speaking you know what was the most traumatic event i've ever gone through and for me it was being paralyzed and the amount of pain and you know the, the whole thing around that for a couple of years was i was 28 years so old. what what Tw 20 i was 28 just at my saturn 28 and I was at, you know, I was in good shape and I was, uh, played a lot of basketball, was very physical. And then after that, something sh definitely shifted where I, I shifted to the mind. I shifted to the, the body did not want to get anywhere near any close. Like it, it was so bad <laughs> that, uh, yeah, I mean, I was from my neck down, but my arms were hypersensitive. So the, the pain was there in the arms, but I couldn't move from the neck down. So it was sort of like both. Because um, wow. when you're paralyzed, you know, you don't feel things. So that's the worst part, right? But uh, it, I got jarred in the C6 in a baseball accident where a guy's knee hit me in the neck with a, a very big knee brace and, and, and no, no let up. Like usually in sports, you can stop if you're about to run into someone. He just seemed to run right through me. And so he, he he took me down pretty bad. And then for about, you know, two to four years, I had to recover. It took six months to raise this arm. Wow. And have you, sorry. So have you heard of Peter, have you heard of Peter Levine? No. So Peter Levine is the doctor who in the seventies and eighties began. Well, I, as often, as often happens, um, you know, he discovered something by mistake. So he'd been treating people um, who were presenting with all sorts of traumas or panic attacks or anxiety or, you know, whatever, like um, 
agoraphobia, you, you name it. And this particular woman, who's known as Nancy, um, she'd have panic attacks in his um, consulting room for, you know, he's not, he's not doing anything. There's no, there's no danger around. He's just having panic attacks. And it kept happening. He thought, God, I'm making this worse by trying to, to help her by thinking. And so he got stuck. And then one day he just said to her, he just said, he just had this image of a tiger. And he said, Nancy, Nancy, the tiger coming. You've got to run. You've got to move. You've got to run. And she just started to freak and started to sprint with her legs, like just moving like this and panicking and there's a tiger. And then she calmed down. Gone. All the panic attacks stopped. All the anxiety stopped. And he said, what's going on? So he started to research and do these things. And I believe a lot of his work isn't actually scientifically proved in very commas, but he's very much, he calls it somatic experiencing. And his book's called Waking the Tiger, which I'm reading just now. And so what he's saying is if you've got, um, as you're growing up between zero and seven, you'll have lots of maybe traumatic experiences or frights or, or see something or feel something and you don't have the neocortex verbal or emotions to explain it. You'll just scream, shout, cry, or you might just take it on. He's saying that a lot is trapped in the body, a lot of nervousness, it's frozen. And then later it thaws out. Somehow it thaws and then you have memories and images and then it, you cry, you panic, and then it, it, it's gone. So... Um, and there's another thing which I find fascinating is if you've got a, so flight, fight, flight, fight, or freeze, or flop now, this thing as well. These are all very healthy, natural responses to any danger, even perceived danger the mind's got. But if you don't follow that through to its completion and get all the adrenaline out of your body and all this, then it's stuck. So for a lot of people, um, they don't fight. You can hold it in, or they're afraid of fighting, or uh, they want to run, but they don't run. So they just freeze. Or sometimes they, they want to run and fight at the same time, which creates, like it's driving a car with the accelerator full on and the brake full on. You, you just start, resistance builds, and you start burning up because there's nowhere to go. And then when we're growing up, the mind starts to have things. So I I was having... Literally only two two weeks ago, I was having panic attacks in Barcelona every twenty minutes. Going to get my son on the bus, I thought, "What's?" And my mind is going crazy, and I'm in the centre as a still sort of presence watching it all going, "What?" The? And I couldn't stop it. I couldn't stop it for hours, like eight hours nonstop of this experience. And, Keep telling myself, just get to bed, just get to bed, just just get to bed, just get through this, get to bed, get to bed. And I got to bed and woke up next day with panic again, and then it happened again, and it happened until four days later, having spoken to people and crying a lot and just whatever, I woke up on the Wednesday morning with my entire body burning. And you talk of your 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 paralysis and the nervous I mean, the nervous system can start to burn. I think you know the feeling of. I don't know if it's nerves or what's happening, but anyway, I, that's what I felt. So what he's saying is that you watch an animal in the wild, cheetahs chasing an impala, it gets away, it will spend two hours shaking off the 
the experience, and then it's fine. Whereas we, as humans, we don't do that. Whereas we should, we should find a way to kind of get the energy moving, and otherwise, adrenaline becomes cortisol. Just shake. Well, doesn't it also go into the fascia, right? Like it gets locked into the fascia, and I think what rolfers do is rolfers go yeah. down to that fascia because the trauma's got, like as you said, it's trapped in there, and then it, it affects us in different ways. Huh? Yeah. So that's. So, so did something trigger that? Like, did did anything happen to sort of uh, stimulate? Well, I, I mean, I started in September. Uh, I decided to, I, I said, I said, I said to myself, I need to change my life because this is working. So I stopped alcohol. So I've not had alcohol for almost four months now. Wow. Um, I did uh, MDMA. 15-hour thing. Nice. Psychedelic healing type nice. experience. But it was um, you know, rather than in my 20s, you know, popping ecstasy and having a great time and <laughs> dancing and loving everybody and, you know, chewing your face off. But I, you know, you basically, you basically, you know, you're lying down and you've got an eye mask on and you've got beautiful music and then there's nowhere to go. But in... Huh? And uh, no, 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 no. You just you lie down, and you just and uh, you do you do three hours of pre conversation with the the therapist to understand what your major themes in your life, the major things that happen to you, and what you want to work on, and then you start you basically whittle that down to a few questions that you want to journey with. And then, well, in my case, he he stayed with me the whole way from eight o'clock in the morning to four o'clock in the afternoon, sat next to me. And his job is to, so he says, you know, if you want to go to the loo or you want to get up or whatever, or if you're afraid or whatever, you can, you can, I can hold your shoulder, I can hold your hand. And this is mainly for people who want to go through trauma. And then, you know, so I wanted to go, I wanted to, I had a few questions, and I, I basically I got I I went to a memory that I never knew I even had when I was a child, because my main question is why do I move so much? Why am I moving around all the time? Why can't I just settle down in one place and feel connected to something, someone, do work, keep it simple? Why can't I do it? So this memory came up of when we moved as a family when I was eight, maybe. Uh, and I, I met, and so the memory came and I'm in, in the room and I'm feeling the tension in the family, my mom and dad, something was going on. And I don't even have the words for it. So I don't, because I don't know, but clearly something was not right. And so that was the first time we moved. So I've been in a place from zero until seven I've got my room, I've got my place, I've got my space, and then we're going to move. And it was deeply traumatic. So part of me intellectually thought, well, maybe I've been trying to refine that experience when I was like four or five, kind of warmth, comfort, the dreamlike state, rather than this very harsh reality experience that we have in our waking state. So that, that was a very healing experience. And from then everything started to, so basically not drinking alcohol, and alcohol, of course, whatever it is, just 
relaxes the muscles and nervous system. You can just feel a bit. And now for, for months, I was on edge all the time. So I was the rawness of my past and everything's coming back. So I've been going through like month after month after month of just intense waves of experience coming out of my body. And, you know, Brian, I, I love her. She, she, I was, she's back in California, so we're not physically together. I can now no longer reside in Spain. That's the law unless I do certain things which won't happen. Therefore, I will not see my son grow up. So I won't see my son grow up. I'm not with the woman I love. I've got no income. I'm like, and I'm having panic attacks and freaking out. And I'm like, okay. You can't drink. <laughs> you know? That's exactly what I want. Kind of drink. And then you go, just give, give me a joint, whatever. But no, no, no. I'm going to sit here and feel my No cannabis? No. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bare knuckle. Oh, this is a, this is a, it's a little. Uh... Yeah. Wow. So you're. Well, it's you're... great, but it's, but it's, but it's great. I mean, I, I like. I mean, it's good that it's, it's inspiring for many people who are. You know, we don't give up. You know, you, you've never given up, and you're carrying on, and you've now found people and a place. Once you've got, you know, once you've got place and people who care about what you're doing, then. You know, you've got a foundation to build. Yeah, it's a start. Yeah. Yep. Well, I, I mean, I think, like with you, I think you've had that, but you, as you say, you leave. So, um, but but it's created quite a life for you in terms of your your ability to adapt, your ability to uh, experience so much, and to uh, and to really engage with people in a way that. You know, perhaps like I think a lot of the the trauma is looking at reframing of the the positive sides of what comes from it as a you know of looking at your lifestyle. You know, just just from a, another perspective, maybe of of it all adds up to who you are right now. But you're, I think it's like how do you like do you have times and places where you can meditate to. Because I find for me when I'm going through my craziness is I just have to lie down in bed and meditate. Um, and that's my usual way of clearing out energetic you know, negativity. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm um, so, you know, my friend Fiona, who is uh, in Australia, she's in Northwest Australia, which is uh, I mean, really remote. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, she's been there almost 15 years. And uh, she's, a, she's a grandmother and a mother. She's got 10 kids and grandkids and has been through a lot of trauma. A lot, a lot of, I mean, you know, who hasn't? But I, I mean, there are some people who you think, I just, I could, there's no way I could survive that. Yeah. Um, especially parenting kids um, and she found that doing this body work and this trauma work uh, really was just life changing for her so she's blessing by evangelical now but she was very much and, and so, so she's really um, my, my focus you know every morning I get up I just, I just basically light a candle and I sit with my body 
and I, I feel more. And w whenever you feel anything, you, you, can, you can let it relax. You can see what's going on and ask. And then it's always changing. You know? It never sticks. It's always moving and shifting. And, and then having much more and much more. My attention is more my body now than my mind and my thinking. Wow. And I'm much more I'm much more aware of it when my mind starts to spin. Mm. And then I realize, oh, I know. I see now. So I've got inside me, I've got the, I call him fame, fucking angry young man. So the fucking angry young man in me right. is still fucking angry at a lot of things. Right. <laughs> and he wants to fight. He wants to fight. He says, what? Even if it's not happening, don't worry. I'll get him and then I'll kick his head in and it'll be fine. And, and that, that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, and I'm watching that I'm watching that in me and then there's the boy who wants to run and says I can't do this I'm scared I don't want confrontation I'm going to get hit because I was bullied a lot as a kid so basically when those two energies are alive you know the angry angry guy is going oh for fuck's sake chill out little guy don't worry I'll deal with this stuff and then the other ones in me are going hang on He's he's valid here as well. We've got to listen to the because he's got all the, the visions and the amazing, beautiful dreams of the way things could be. We've got to listen to him. Give him a voice. Anger guys say, fuck this shit, you know. Look at these assholes destroying the this gorgeous planet. We've got to stop it. Yes, yeah, okay, but so that inner experience it's how to use the energy of the angry the anger, but not the kind of well, not the strategies or the tactics of that particular guy. Use that energy, forget the words and language, just, just okay, this situation brings energy and let's find a way to finesse it and use the, the, the dreaming child with a more the wiser adult, basically. Mm. So it's like inner, Aiki, inner, inner Aikido. <laughs> so you got, you got all the boys hanging out together, talking? It's, yeah, it's, it's a very quite... busy room. It's a very busy <laughs> room in there. Um, <laughs> have you talked to Gino lately? Uh, I've not. No, um, I la I've not spoken to him. I, you know, he's he's back on the road again, so he has been in and out. I think I just missed him in Belgium by an hour and a half or something like that two hours ago. But no. What about you? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, <laughs> my last interaction with him was an Instagram. He sent me a little message because I did. I, I don't know what did I prompt him or something because I, I but but then I see that he has he's got like, I don't know, like 7000. He's got all these followers and he hasn't posted anything. Like, how do you get all those followers without even posting? Like, that's how that's how well known he is. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's well known. He's, he's and he's doing Gino. He's, he's doing Gino very well. Yeah, those pictures what, that come up on Facebook all the time. That's what he's good at. Yeah. You know what I told him? I don't know if I told you this, but I, 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 I gave him a suggestion. <laughs> of course, he didn't take yeah. it. Um, because he's not, like he's always in these pictures with people, right? And there's always a lot of them, and it's all the time. And so I, I, just, I just, you know, considering I see a person once every two months or something, it's very, <laughs> it's a very different lifestyle, right? And so I, I want to know who these people are because i know like they're probably working on a project or they're probably you know they're probably someone who's invented something or you know who knows and it's just like there's there's a story of gino weaving through all these people and i just suggested 
just write a little something just say who they are like why are you there like like add to the story you're doing something i think amazing because i know you are network i know you are putting forth what you want to you're trying to organize so why not tell the world right to get the buy-in for what you're trying to do like it, it just seems like such a a leveraged resource that isn't used that could to help further his vision as far as i know it. but he, he didn't uh he didn't hear me <laughs> <laughs> i think i think it's probably too much work for him right yeah i don't i don't know i mean yeah i mean i'm uh these days i mean i did one act which was to remove or archive every single whatsapp or telegram message until i had the ones i really wanted to to connect with and there was three in each and it felt whoa that feels very difficult for someone who's been so connected for so long to so many people and then uh yeah, and then when I, I was really going through hell for four or five weeks, you know, there was, it was mainly just a few people that, that were, and one in particular, one guy who, you know, who I've known for many years, he, he was able to, you know, sit and listen and be very calm and co-regulate, you know, nervous systems so I could relax and say, right, let's work it out so slow and like eight hours a week. So call me anytime you want. Holy so God. amazing, amazing, and uh, I'm here. I'm here in my spot, and it's it's great. Look, someone's done this. So uh -huh. this this wasn't here the last time I was here. They put circles. Oh, nice. So it's now three circles. So someone's been here, which is nice, and it's a little kind of circular grove type thing. Sacred. And you've spot. got the Barcelona. That tower was I forget the name of the famous architect. Flank. Frank Lloyd, right? One of them built that tower. That's that's Barcelona's over there, and uh, and yeah, and I met one of my favourite people in San Cugat, who I call Count Marcus, because Marcus has a lovely long beard. He's got the hair, and he wears one of these black cloaks. You know, that's got a black cloak that it's got a button here, and it goes all the way down to his feet. So he could have, he could be a vampire. He could have spread it and. Uh, <laughs> He he wears Vibram shoes, the little toes for the feet. And he's a character. He walks around with a tiny little dog everywhere. And we meet and we have discussions about philosophy and uh, presence and in English. And so I saw him today. So he's very, so, you know, if he ever does listen to this, he's like, Marcus, you know, you're, you're a great guy and your presence does matter. Mm. And he's doing it from, uh, he's doing it from this, um, grocery store where he's always smiling, always giving out love, always, you know, passing on a few little thoughts here and there. So that kind of thing. And he said, sitting on a chair is not natural, Graham. Sit in the ground or squat, like the Chinese do. So in his, in his honor, which, which will I sit in? Uh, well, I read the blue or the white. I immediately was drawn to the white, but there we go i'll sit wait, in the white in honor no, of marcus wait you gotta no. there's a couple of stones you gotta you gotta make the circle pure there's some yeah just fix that will you yeah we don't want to, i don't want to be hijacked i know there could be some, some come in that you don't want 
There we are. Oh, so, a little corner bit there. Okay. And you might want to. My arse, my arse isn't that big. <laughs> you might want to say a bit of a, an entry prayer. Nope, he's already a nope. <laughs> no, I'm not. You're just going straight. There we in. go. Bless this circle and all who's, who sit in it. Okay, that's a good one. There we, there we go. That's so I'm now sitting. I'm now sitting in the circle. Very nice. Ah. And my feet are in it as well. Yeah. Well, I, th I think I understand. You know what? I'm getting something here. Do you know what the circle does? It sucks <laughs> all negativity out of your body permanently and uh, brings it into the, uh, the guy to be healed. It's a sacred healing circle for thousands of years and you just found it and uh I just found it you, you can this is this is i mean you might not believe it but it's true that all of your negative trauma is going to be healed over the next 10 minutes while you sit here look at that package that folks package and sell that 10 minutes 10 minutes just relax just relax the sphincter well it actually let, happens let all the yeah <laughs> <laughs> the energy That's in. the key. That is the supreme key of all trauma healing. <laughs> One of the uh, well, humor is very important. That's for sure. Um, I'm really. I mean, I, I with my friend, I who who doesn't want to be named, doesn't like being named. So uh -huh. he that shall not be named. He's a very. He's a, he's a Scottish Taoist. Uh -huh. Quite a rare, rare species, and uh, he has this. He's got these things about uh, if you have a a very vivid dream, and if you're having a vivid dream, it, you know, double check that it is a dream. So you know, there's colours. Maybe tap something if it's solid. You know, so so he's able to do that. He's able to actually in dreams he can knock tap things and it's solid, and uh, he doesn't give it much. Thought. But if I if I was in a dream and touched something felt it solid, even though I know I'm dreaming, I think, hang on. So we had this conversation, and he says, "Yeah, I, I basically think that you know uh, one can enter any a, anywhere, and maybe as you look around in your daily life, if you're walking outside, maybe X percent aren't actually there. They, they're actually dreaming, and they've projected into that." into that space, you know, so we were exploring those ideas. And and he's the kind of person who doesn't care either way. He's not going to go, oh, we have to, this is great, we could do some training and turn that into a course and sell it. And, <laughs> uh, as, as, some, as some would, he's just like, well, it's just a thing. And our conversation was about, today was about what triggered it was you saying in 10 minutes you can so a lot of, a lot of the stuff in, in in trauma currently is that it takes many years to heal um you know really really traumatizing things whether it's war or you know abuse as a child all these horrific things that happen to human beings um does it have to take long and if you don't have the economic economy to pay for three hours of therapy every week for two years, which most don't, and that's 70% of the world or more, then we're fucked if we can't heal our traumas. So how do we do it? And how do we 
acknowledging how do we train our kids so that they know how to, so they have tools to deal with situations, you know, because um, that's, you know, you're, you're creating tools, um, I think new tools and yeah, just, just finding ways to, and, and is it just belief? Is it just, you genuinely have to believe you could rid yourself of negativity in 10 minutes? Well, I'm just, I'm wondering, one, I think there are sort of sacred healing spots that are just energetically, something is different that maybe the people of the region found out about and then did certain ceremonies and rituals over time, maybe open it up. And I think that belief is a huge part. I think that if you go through a process, like that's what the placebo effect is, right? It's basically mind over matter. And I think that if you truly believe that you can, I think it can happen. Well, at the same time, it is pretty crazy to tell someone who's who's dealing with major trauma that hasn't been unstuck for years that, you know, it, it's it's quite a jump. But I just, I just know you're the type of person who can take that quantum leap. Like it's, it's like, I think that, you know, the gifts that we have are. You know, I, I don't know. I just, I think it's possible, but it, but the combination of, let's say, the space and you and the suggestion, and then, because I, I, I think what fundamentally it comes down to is like pure acceptance. I think a lot of trauma is we never accepted it. And I think that when you fully accept the trauma, and, and also, I guess what I said earlier, but fully accept the positive things that came with it that most of these great healers are great healers because they went through hell. And as a result of that, they came out with sort of, again, superpowers mm -hmm. other people don't have. And I think that you're somebody who's, who's uh, very unique in certain areas. But I think that you're, you're actually a, a healer going around to many people and through your listening, you, mm -hmm. you heal people and now you're doing it for yourself but I, I, I do think that magic is possible, like miracles are possible, but it has so much to do with like faith and trust. And a lot of the things I think you've learned over the years of being able to really adapt to new situations well. Mm. Thank you. Um, as you were speaking there, there's a thing of, I'm sure it happens to you, anyone watching this, um, like you, you might see something or hear something and you feel somehow that's significant. I don't know why, but it somehow, and then of course one relates things in the environment to the inner, to the, and suddenly there's some kind of connection made or there's a resonance between elements that awareness sees. Ah, so for example, today I had an argument with somebody um, someone who triggers me a great deal, someone who's very close to me in the past, and that's okay. Um, and because I've been doing this work, it's like, okay, i got to get out of this room <laughs> very quickly because I'm going to... And my son was there, and I so eventually I got out and I started you know, punching the air. Great, I'm punching the air, I'm getting the energy out, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm speaking, I do a lot of humming now, get out the jaw, because a lot of people get stuck in the jaw when it comes to this, because they don't say what, 
I wish I'd said, oh, fuck you, you fuck it, but I didn't do it. And I, so the jaw wanted to speak, but you didn't. <laughs> so I got it all out, and then I'm sitting there, and my son's next to me, which I, you know, chatting away, and I, I give him something to play with, you know, a game to play and order a coffee, whatever. And I'm sitting there and breathing, and I'm going, okay, universe, okay, this. And then suddenly, right towards me walks a young man wearing a, sh- a jumper that says Fort William, Scotland. <laughs> now, I've never seen anyone wearing anything Scottish in, in this, this village in Spain. And he's walking towards me. And there's a sense of, stop. I'm aware that he's seen me. And then he walks away. And I go, so Fort William, no, be strong, William, because that's my name. Mm-hmm. You know, be strong. And then Guillaume just suddenly says, Daddy, all the money is coming to me. <laughs> just the way he said it had this sort of, I said, yeah, I, 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 I would not, I would not be surprised if that was true. So, I don't know. It's 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 like maybe because I'm in hyper alert, maybe I'm more aware because I'm in a state of just trying to come down from this high. But when we were in heightened states of presence awareness, suddenly things connect up that maybe we wouldn't normally do so. Uh, and being able to step into those moments and say, okay, yeah, give me more universe, listen more into, ah, someone said, and maybe you know, Gina would talk about that, like, every single thing that's happening is affecting everything else. And when one person is extremely awake and paying attention, that person will have an effect on pretty much everything around him, her, or them. So there's something about that. I don't really know where I'm going with that, but anyway, over to you. What, what is that? Well, I, I'm just I'm just seeing the darkness coming in on your end uh, as the, the light goes, and yeah, just thinking it's it's a beautiful moment because it's beautiful to see we've been sort of disconnected, and we had a disconnect. It's our, I guess our second disconnect. Um, it wasn't as maybe strong as the first, but I just want to acknowledge that on my own end that the the state I was in was in a very sort of, uh, I would say, almost traumatic state of, of, you know, the end of COVID and my whole body had broken down. Like I'm actually walking now, but back then I was, I was barely moving. And so I was, I was probably in one of the worst states of my life in many ways. And I think what, what happened for me, I guess, with the wizards, with going, like going into a group where I feel like because I, I'm getting more and more stabilized in my own work and, and realizing that, you know, this is, I need to teach. I'm going to teach. I have to teach. Like it's time to teach, which, and I've seen over time, it's like being involved in situations where everyone's trying to figure things out or you're with a group of people that are trying to figure things out or talk. And and I had got to the stage where I just, I didn't want that. I couldn't handle it anymore because I feel like I, I have it. I figured something out and I need to start utilizing it with people who want to learn from it. And so the, the disconnect in terms of that group and essentially you was, was that, and it was in a place of a lot of, uh, you know, I find with me and you, there's, there's kind of milestones. Like, it's just like, this is a milestone. Like all the planets supposedly went direct today. 
Um, it feels like a big shift point in terms of my own, like I, over the last week or so, I've been feeling lots of uh, doubt, anxiety, like a lot of negative emotions. And, but I've, I've got a team um, building. I've, I've actually, for the first time, got two others who want to be on the Inflow Matrix software creation team, a mastermind. And it's, start, and it's starting out as a mastermind. It's not starting out as a software executive company, you know, a bunch of people, but it's, it's sort of like going to the, get to the group synergy first and add a person a week, keep on adding people. And then eventually there's this full team using the synergy wheel, you know, of, of the operating system. So it's kind of like, you know, put if put it into practice. Like I've never had a full team. I'll just show it. Um, you know, this this the one on my right here. I don't know if you can see it. Mm -hmm. But a full team with a person at each spot, right? So the idea is that people fit with their gifts in a certain spot on a team. And that once you have the team, then you can do your vision, you can do your mission, you can, but it's it's sort of like putting the infrastructure and the people first. Or, I mean, if you're a visionary or you wanted to create a team, you could just say, okay, here's the infrastructure. You know, I'm at the captain or whatever position you want it to be. And then you fill your team. And so this is, you know, after 25 years of working with this stuff, this is quite a big thing in ter to terms of having someone else take the initiative to say, okay, let's just do this. And that's Nova, who's another guy that I've been making the software with. Like, I don't know if I showed you, you know, I, I showed you a bit of software. I chatted to Nova, Nova McCourt once. Yeah, okay. So Nova. Um, and there's another uh, person, Jorge, who has been sort of like, again, initiated me to go to the next level. Like, I feel sometimes that I can't do it myself. I There has to be other people initiating things. And otherwise, either I'll sit, stay stuck or I just, I can't. And and I realize, and part of my frustration is realizing that I this is not a me thing. It has to be a we thing, but it has to be with other people who are interested. Um, so anyway, that, you know, that's... That's a sort of another big thing in the background of it has taken, you know, there's a lot of progress being made, um, but I still, you know, these card, right, these card sets are, are the, the key, but I still have to finish the manual. And that's, that's one of my big, a lot of work. Yeah, a lot of work and I, I get distracted. I'm always working on other things and I have so many different projects that just to do, like you popped out that book, you know, just to pop out just a book and do nothing else. Like that's, that's, that's beyond my comprehension. Well, How's did it you have to write it? <laughs> Sorry. Did you, have to, did, you, did you have to write it, do you think? You have well, to do it. Do you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking that it's so much a bunch of structures like my thing is just like i do have a lot of the pieces and i'm just starting to go back into the video creation of the side of things because i think a lot of it needs to be visual too so it's videos plus written stuff um it's just putting it together like i i'm going to put it together on a website now so it's it's coming along it's definitely coming along and i'm getting more and more Focus. I'm getting more and more. It has to get done, and anything in the way is out. And just focus, focus, focus. What you what you're naming it then? What's in what's the name at the top of the 
Well, I guess it would be the, the conscious communication card set manual. That's the... Like it needs, you know, I think I showed you, right? Like the, I actually have a box and containers and stuff like that, but I don't have the manual. So I can't really sell it as a product yet. It's a banner of the School of Conscious Communication. Yeah. Okay. But also Planetary Guardians. Like Planetary Guardians is the larger, more important sort of brand, but the School of Conscious Communication is sort of like the more the business side. I think the Planetary Guardians is more the social side and, and the school is the business side. Boy, it's, it's interesting to watch the darkness come in. <laughs> well, it's very quick. I mean, this is, this is, yeah, Spain, through the woods. Yeah, I mean, the thing about the, I tell you, I'm, I'm in the same position. I look back and go, I have no idea how I wrote a book <laughs> of coherent text in 50 days. Mm. You know, a few months ago, lying lying at bed, I couldn't even get out of my bed to even do anything. I thought, how did I, how did I do that? Up at 7 a.m., started at 8 exactly, finished at 11 exactly mm. every day. For, how did I do that? Something must have really grabbed hold of me. Well, you were in Greece. You are in a beautiful spot. I was in Greece. I was I was a beautiful spot. I uh, I was with uh, V at the time. She was very inspiring. She was the one that said, just do it. Just start. Start. And um, that helped. It was a rhythm to my days. And, and she was in and out. And it was the work and the sea. And the, it was just a way of... I mean, I'm, <clears throat> I'm very aware, like yourself, I mean, writing... I'm going to call it the gaming of now will be the, the book. Mm. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, I, I had a divination done on it, not only on the gaming of now as a book, but also on uh, on the spirit of the idea. This guy, and uh, really some divination from the, the Dagara tribe of the Burkina Faso, and that, that's the country, and, and he's been trained in it. And, on his initiations and uh, for me there's something about uh, what he was saying is that you, it's trapped in your throat so mm. the words are getting in the way of the energy coming through your your physical body and your throat and so it's, it's very big so yeah I don't really know what to do with that but um, where I'm going this college, I I ran a game there uh, 2013, and uh, one of the leaders said, "We need this here." So let's see if that's still true. If I do one, and then uh, yeah, what? I mean, I mean, for you, I mean, when I'm thinking about you know the School of Conscious Communication, Planetary Gardens. As you change, as you you know evolve and have all your interactions, it does as well, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean it's getting closer and closer to actually coming into existence. I mean, up until now, it's it's just words, pretty much, and uh, uh, videos, and I mean uh, a brand. But you know, it's 
it's it's still you know it, it hasn't broken it hasn't broken the water yet you know <laughs> i haven't like i pretty much figured that when i i've never given a public presentation of my work so i i kind of figure that when i do that then that's the cats out of the bag either i'll put everyone to sleep or i'll scare them or something's going to happen but i i know that i'm getting closer and closer to really wanting to explain what this is and how it works and and because i you know it's just bits and pieces over the years and i've never fully attempted to to really explain i'm just starting to these videos and it's you know it's very different to make a video where you're really trying to teach something you know versus just sort of like that's talking kind of but it's i just oh, yeah. there's different levels of commitment there's different levels of like what before just you coming on, I was beginning to explain, you know, the, the how to use lenses as a sort of like a language telescope, how to put one lens here and one put lens here. And I've, I've never done that. I've never, you know, tried to look at what are the fundamentals here because I'm always jumping to other places which are either too complex or people just don't have, you know, 20,000 hours of, of doing the same thing over and over again that's easy to me but for them they've never heard of it before so i have to get very concise about you know the simplicity of how to introduce the pieces and the parts so that when people get to something like this you know they're not completely overwhelmed because they understand oh that's a nine map and that's an eight map and uh there's other you know and they they've got the the, mm -hmm. the little like the, the little pieces beforehand and that's what I have to sort of get to, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's how you how you how you tell a story. It's, it's a creation story. It's huge, and it's it's woven into your existence and all the memories you have, the, the good and the bad. And how do you? I mean, the image that comes to me is is a you've got an eyeball. Ah. Uh, and you can, with that eyeball, you can zoom in and zoom out and you can go anywhere and you can put different lenses in front of it and it, it will see different things based upon perspective and perception. You know, is it zooming out? Is it right in detail? Is what you go, which lens have you got on? So it's that sense of <clears throat> as human beings, we have these amazing bodies and brains and access to minds and dimensions that we, we still have, we're nowhere near. I think uh, exploring exactly what this extraordinary quantum technology can do, and it will probably require the evolution of who knows how long, or some kind of intense pressure from the out to to make it happen, which is maybe what we're in right now, and what's going to happen over the next ten, twenty years, in terms of the major shifts that are going to take place. Um, can I, I think there's something. Sorry, yeah. I just wanted to ask you something about where you're going. Are you going to be able to to make calls, or are you going to be sort of be isolated for three months? Um, I will be. Um, I have to make a decision on where I I just basically disconnect, and uh, you know I speak to my son every Sunday, uh, regardless, um, or whether I want to just do that and then but keep myself enveloped inside a. A container. Um, I know what I'm like I could end up spending, you know, four evenings a week, you know, after the course, connecting to people all over the world, and that just might drain me. 
Um, can I, suggest, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know yet. Can I suggest something? Or, you know, I, I don't know. I think it would be, I mean, I, maybe weekly or bi-weekly, depending, because I, I've missed you, and I, I just I enjoy our chats, and I think it would be very interesting to get, like, a weekly report or bi-weekly report on what, what's going on. I think that would be, uh, anyway, it would be fascinating to, to hear, I think. Well, I think it's, a, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm open. Um, I'm, uh, Sunday is maybe a good day because it's a day for integrating the week and, and maybe talking to Guillaume and, and other people and just sharing uh, these are the highlights of the week. Because one of the things for me is it's very well recognised and they write the story quite well of what they're trying to do is that you know, the old stories are breaking down. Mm. And so people are looking for new stories and then so well we have to we have to write them. You know, it's not the the powers that be that write them and tell us, oh, this is what's happening. I just no, we have to create new stories and live by them. And how do you do that? How do you live by a new story? Um and, and, and who decides what the story is? Um well and if I and also then, you know uh, if I just might suggest that, you know, you have so many people you are in contact with, but it's kind of like, in a sense, I think you have an audience that would be very interested to know, but you can't talk to everyone. So I'm just uh, thinking if we created a, a bit of a show about it um, that had a, I don't know, I'm just thinking that... Uh, well, if you're you, if you're playing with the cards and using it as to how do you you know different lenses on the same thing, you know here's um here's a bunch of people who are gathering in a specific place to learn about one of the most ancient arts, which is how do you tell a story, and uh, how do you really embody it and express it. You know, to engage people. Um, there's so much learning there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll see. Because one of the other things, apart from, you know, I'm in conversations with people um, who are, I'd say, indigenous elders. Um, but that's, you know, I think some of them would not be, well, I'm just me, don't call me that, but there's a sense of what is the learning of place and the, the traditional knowledge that Indigenous people hold to get that back into schools now mm. and to, um, which requires teachers to be trained again, which requires people to reconnect themselves to each other, to nature, to realise we are walking nervous systems and trees and plants and we can we're part of this stuff come on and how and and the age of separation as i you know charles eisenstein focuses on that you know separation coming back together this is all part of it so um the the, the mapping and the planning that you do and and yeah similarly if you know the journey of you going in that place and the photographs and the characters that you're meeting, yeah, these are these are the new stories. Yeah, yeah. 
So I, I think we're we're coming to an end here, right? Uh, so I would just like to thank you, and I'm glad you took the initiative. That we're back in contact, and um, again, feel free to call me whenever you want. And what went in, and just go from there. All good, Elijah. All good. Glad you're in a place that's uh, yeah. You know, I don't. I've got no idea what you said. The place is. It sounded like a long, Sajib place. Was it called Yorkton, Saskatchewan? Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. You know, that? York, Yorkton. All right. Okay. Well, enjoy and enjoy your Sunday. And uh, yeah, we're, we're going back to the beginning. I'm going down the uh, down the stairs that I I came a, up on. Came up. That's a good ending. It's a good. It's, it's a good. Well, wait till I get to the bottom, and then okay. it's okay. officially done. And you you might feel this. Witty. You might feel this incredible. Uh, healing inside you as as you at the last step you step into exactly. solidified William this lovely Dirk. portal oh yeah there you go I'm gonna go and buy chocolate there's a, there's a 20 it's even got water in it okay Great. Right. Down. That's it. Okay. See you later. See you later, Alan. Okay.